Hello everyone, the Moscow City Council has officially recognized Sergei Sabianin as the winner in the September 9th mayoral elections in the capital. The Moscow Electoral Committee clarified that Sergei Sabianin received 70.17% of the vote of Moscovites. The suspects in the so-called Skripal case are civilians, not criminals, according to Vladimir Putin. Speaking at the Eastern Economic Forum in Vladivostok, the Russian leaders said they were known to the Russian authorities. Putin urged the man Alexander Petrov and Ruslan Boshirov to talk to the media. The former has reportedly agreed to do so in the future. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu said that joint military exercises of Russia and China will be held on a regular basis. Such a statement Shoigu made after a joint inspection with the head of the military department of China of the Russian and Chinese command posts at the Tsugol training ground. The large-scale maneuvers called East 2018 are taking place in eastern Siberia from the 11th to 17th of September. The exercises are the largest in Russia in 37 years. They involve about 300,000 military personnel as well as tens of thousands of military equipment. There are twice as many bachelors in Russia as unmarried women, 16 and 7% respectively. Those are the results of the Public Opinion Center. At the same time, married men also prevail. There are 54% of married men compared to 47% of married women. Almost two-thirds of Russians, 62%, said they are in serious relationship. 50% in an official marriage, 10% live together, but their relationship is not registered. Moscovites have been urged not to park their cars under the trees in the coming hours due to gusty winds in the capital. According to the Emergencies Ministry, the wind can increase to 18 metres per second, so drivers are advised to leave cars only in the authorised places and observe safety measures. Four points are a possible turn on the capital's roads this hour. It will take around an hour to get to Shermetva Airport from downtown Moscow and about an hour and ten minutes to get back into the city centre. You'll spend about an hour and ten minutes to get to Demadiervo and nearly an hour and 40 minutes to return to central Moscow. And driving time to and from Vnukova Airport is around, is around an hour both ways. 
weather. It's mostly cloudy, plus 14 degrees Celsius in Helsinki right now. Cloudy in Delhi, plus 30 degrees Celsius there. And cloudy, plus 18 degrees Celsius in Lima. Cloudy as well in Moscow right now, plus 18 degrees Celsius. More news at the top of the hour. Join me then if you can. This is Capital FM. Capital FM, Moscow. With Alan Moore. Before we let her uh, escape, and we have to keep her. Julia, I'm so <laughs> no, sorry. No I, 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 I confuse you there 11. because just as, as, as she was about to start her brilliant news roundup, I took a selfie with her, and no. that, I'm so sorry. But you look great in the selfie. <laughs> Never posted. I, I won't post it on my Instagram, which of course <laughs> I am now fully active on Instagram thanks to uh, DJ Nikki Stay. DJ, yeah, I, uh, DJ Nikki, I have actually. I'll post something up, but not that picture with Julia. She will show you. Yeah, she looks too good. She looks too good in that one. Okay. Uh, Right, folks, we're going to kick off. So welcome to Europe's number one English language radio sports show. This, of course, is Capital Sports. And I am your happy host, Alan Moore, here in the Nabarration Tower, of course, brought to you by Enka. Right, now, I'm going to give a fair warning. If you want to avoid knowing more about sport than your friends and colleagues, and especially your family, switch off your radio now. Look, if you're in a car, jump out. Stop the car first, of course. Jump out and just don't listen to this show. However, however, if you really want to make your life better, if you want to know more about sports, facts, news, the whole lot, stay with us until 10 o'clock and listen to the next news bulletin with Julia as well. <laughs> right, so Thank you're going you. to stay. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I'm supporting my colleagues. So you have to stay. If you, if, if you are in college, if you're in school right now, if you're in university or in work, listen to us, okay? Because we have the very best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sports. So coming up right now in just a couple of minutes we have Andy McLean. Yes, that's super Scottish man. He is going to give us all the tips and more for this coming weekend's fixtures in the Russian Premier League and of course in the English Premier League. Uh, he's standing, he's waiting for us right now in Russia today. He's nipping out of the newsroom just so he can take our call. Then we've the man who helped light up uh, many, many, many capital sports. And of course our June Champ Talks, that is Goal.com's Peter Staunton. And in our third segment, of course, where we'll be previewing all the uh, Russian league fixtures this weekend. We'll have the inside analysis of Mr. Russian Football, the CEO of the All Russian Football Players Union and member of the Executive Committee of the Russian Football Union. And of course, he's a Washington Redskins fan as well, Mr. Alexander Zotov. Meanwhile, here's me in the studio is Nikki Stay. Nikki, you ready for a big show? Yes, I'm always ready. Peter P, you ready for a big show? I am. Good, that is very, very good. So, Peter, of course, he'll be running the rule over things a little bit later on. But first, listen, I'm going to say what what is in... If you call me Mother Hubbard, I'll tell you what's in my cupboard because we have Russian and English Premier League fixtures. We have UEFA Nations League results. A very, very good week, of course, for, for Russia. Of course, international friendlies, a bit of a roundup there as well. We have a little look ahead to next week's fixtures in the Champions and Europa Leagues. We will have, uh, well, the, that kind of willy wonty saga of John Terry. Is he going to arrive in Russia or not? Uh, we have a giveaway for you all to enjoy because this weekend, of course, this Friday, it is Lokomotiv versus Dino, the big, big Moscow Derby on uh, Friday evening at 7.30. We have two tickets to give away for that as well. And we'll have a little matter of Serena Williams and having a tantrum. And listen, we're going to start with that. Uh, Nikki, your dad, who isn't an overly big sports fan, he got quite interested in this uh, whole situation with Serena. Yes, that's the first thing I got this morning is uh, the the article about Serena just going a little bit 
Um, crazy, if I may say so. Yeah, I mean, okay, okay. A bit of background, folks, is because, of course, she was playing in the final of the U.S. Women's Open. Came through as a quite lowly ranked seed. I think she was uh, number 17 or 20 seed. She played Naomi Osaka, who is, um, well, Japanese, Haitian, but training, training in America. And uh, she basically lost. And there was quite a bit of controversy in the whole situation because Serena was warned, uh, got a, a public warning for receiving coaching from her French coach, uh, of course, her ex-boyfriend, uh, Patrick Muratoglu. And then she reacted to that by smashing her racket, for which she got a point deduction. And after that, of course, because she continually continually abused and was really calling the umpire, or well, referee or umpire, calling them a cheat and a liar and a thief and so on, um, she got... Uh, a, a game deduction so she basically lost she didn't lose on that she was having a bad game anyway she's getting blasted off the court um, by a player who's kind of like her mirror image uh, but younger and better of course because uh, Osaka's only 20 years of age so it was a kind of a let's say a very very tough um, time so I don't know Peter you, you saw some of that uh, this past weekend what do you reckon what, what was your take on it I did I did uh, I really think uh, I mean what, what, what she did was unnecessary in Weird, as I may say, as I may add. <laughs> well, like, Nikki did say crazy, but okay, nah, weird is also. But, like I, I saw, like later, I was, I was checking the news, and I saw that like her coach actually admitted that he was, he was coaching, coaching. Exactly. Her. Yeah. Yeah, but but what he said, he said that I, 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 I indeed, like I'm not a liar, I indeed did coach her, but the other coach, he did the same thing. So I, I really don't know, cause but but, but either way, either way, it, it, it's still it, it's a, it's a call. Like you got caught with it, so why 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 do that? Exactly. Look, let, let's put it this way. I mean, if that was if that was the way uh, footballers would react when they do it, we always think it's disgraceful and we think it's a shame when it's footballers. So one thing that Serena said was that uh, the rules are being enforced more for women than for men. However, in this US Open, uh, in terms of code violations, when they took away a point or gave a warning or gave a fine against a the player, there were 86 for men and only 22 for women. So that kind of balance isn't there. Okay, uh, Julia, what's your take on it? Did, did uh, Serena, did she deserve sort of that kind of, um, well, point deduction? And what's her reaction? Was it appropriate? Oh my goodness, I was writing another piece of news right now. Sorry, Julie. <laughs> so actually, I do not understand why are we talking about Serena Williams today? Has she been naughty? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's just her behavior. I think it's, um, you know, she kept saying that I'm a mother and I want to be a, a good example for my daughter. And yet she behaves disgracefully on board. That's, I think, the big thing. So, yeah. Do oh, you think she is a really bad person then, or what? No, I, I think there are uh, chemical issues involved there, but I won't go into that right now. Okay. Oh, How can we help that? Oh, I, I, that? I avoided that. I avoided that question. <laughs> okay, is Andy on the line? Yes, he is. Okay, so we are going all the way to, uh, well, not too far away, just across the far side of the city, to Mr. Andy McLean. Andy, how are you doing? Very good, Alan. How Hello. are you this evening? Ah, oh, that's very, very good. We have one of your uh, colleagues from RT here. <laughs> Julia's on the far side of the desk for me. <laughs> good evening to you as well. Hello. So, listen, Andy, um, let's, let's kick off with Serena. Okay, I know you're a huge tennis fan and, um, and, and you follow her career intensely and in, uh, attentively. Does she deserve a kick in the backside or, you know, was, was it a bit too much to sort of the uh, treatment that she received? I think this... This has been coming, really. I mean, anyone that uh, threatens... I think it was a line judge. Uh, she threatened to shove a ball down her mouth when she, uh, when, when she gave the point the other way. 
I mean, that kind of behavior just can't be endorsed. When you're number one in the world or the, the biggest figure in tennis, it's just unacceptable. And I think the funniest thing out of all of this is that the, the WTA backed her yeah. and then ended up having to fine her afterwards. And the USTA as well backed her. And I mean, Billie Jean King came out and said, like, oh, it's unfair, like, it's all this racism and sexism and so on. But I mean, again, like you said, she's already threatened uh, a female judge. She's, she's called female... To kill someone, yeah. Yeah, and she's called, like, female um, umpires unattractive and ugly inside and ugly person and so on. And then when she says, and this is not the first time, and she's not the first player to say it, but she, you know, I mean, John McEnroe has said it before, but when she threatens a, 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 a like a, an umpire and says, you will never, ever referee a, on a court as long as I play. You know, that's, I mean, Andy, let's put it this way. You played rugby for a long time. It's obnoxious, isn't it? Exactly. And like, I mean, it's so entitled. And I mean, look, if you, you played for, you know, rugby and cricket, if you, if you gave both barrels like that to uh, a referee, an umpire, what would happen to you? You'd be warned for the first time and then immediately removed from the pitch or whatever sport you were doing, you'd certainly face repercussions. Yeah, I think it's right. Listen, Andy, we're going to, we, we, we don't have that much time uh, with you. However, we're going to go straight in uh, for this weekend's picks. So what, what have you got on, on, on the uh, menu for us this weekend? So I'm looking at the early kickoff on Saturday. I think the big one in the Premier League, it's Tottenham versus Liverpool. The last... Six games, five of them, both teams have scored. I think that's good value this weekend. That's my first tip. So both teams have scored? And both teams have scored in that game. And the other game, uh, I think Everton have looked very good going forward. And West Ham have issues at the back still that need to be resolved. I think over 1.5 team goals for Everton. Okay, so over 1.5 team goals for Everton. Okay, that's a good one. Listen, Andy, uh, just on the John Terry saga, will he or won't he go? Um, I mean, have you heard anything? anything because to, to, uh, today, the last I heard from uh, an agent who's kind of linked with the deal said that it's a family issue that's not letting him go to, um, to Russia. But he also said that this could be just trying to get a better deal out of Aston Villa. Well, this was a similar issue that uh, I remember Yuri, uh, Yuri Zhirkov at Chelsea, uh, sorry, Chelsea had uh, his contract was about to run for two years and he ended it after one year as his family were denied visas because it wasn't part of the working permit. So that could be an issue for John Terry. Um, it's a difficult one. I think if he really wants to come, he will. Do you think it's worthwhile, Spartak, getting him in? Being that he's a free transfer and obviously uh, Gigo having damaged his ACL, he could be out for a long time. He's an experienced head. I've discussed it with a few people who say that his pace might not be essential at the moment in the RPF. Well, I mean, um, I, think, I think we know that's a fact. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's going to be up against uh, a certain man who was down in Krasnodar that we saw playing for Lokomotiv. I don't think pace is going to matter. Yeah, he's an experienced head and I think he'll be good in the dressing room. That's good. Listen, Andy, finally, just before you go, uh, this, this Friday night, of course, is Lokomotiv and Dinamo. What do you reckon on that? I wouldn't want to edge a prediction at that one. I think both teams have started to, to turn things around this season. I think it will be close. I'd probably go for Lokomotiv. Okay. Listen, Andy, thank you very much. Hopefully we'll see you at the game on Friday night.
Great. Thank you, Alan. Thanks, Andy. Okay. That, of course, is Andy McLean from Russia Today, senior editor there, and, of course, one of our uh, main studio men here as well. We are going to go into the break. We'll come back with that giveaway, that uh, prize, uh, well, that super, super prize for uh, Friday night, but we're going to go out with a song that kind of reflects on what happened with Serena this past weekend. This is Daniel Powter and Bad Day. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
special guest. Hey, this is Becky Hayes. Listen to the BCM Radio Show every Friday on Capital FM Moscow 105.3. Every Friday at 1am on Capital FM Moscow. I like the way you do your Capital Commercial. Вода – источник жизни и красоты. Компания «Вода Онлайн» доставит в ваш дом питьевую воду самого высшего качества. Достаточно позвонить по телефону 495-783-82-81 или зайти на сайт водаонлайн.ру. Квартира с отделкой в Новой Москве. Жилой комплекс «Южная Бунина» от группы компании «МИЦ». Ищите нас по запросу «Южная Бунина» или звоните 495-152-0505. ООО «Московский ипотечный центр МИЦ». Проектная декларация на сайте www.mitsdefizbunina.com With Alan Moore. Okay, we're back on Capital Sports here in the Ankenabrosian Tower in downtown Moscow, in Moscow City itself, of course. Uh, just while we're on break there, Peter, you brought up a, a point that, of course, it's all about Serena. It's always about Serena. However, there was someone who lost her moment in the sun. I mean, yeah, like, I really, like, I felt sorry for Asaka because, like, the crowd was, like, she, she once, once, like, she held the trophy, like, the crowd started booing her. And like she like she was like crying, and then uh, she when when they gave her the mic, she said that like I'm sorry if like it didn't end like as as you all wanted. I'm, I really I really uh, uh, appreciate you guys uh, at, at least watching it. And it was just it was just really like like I felt sad like it was, it was really sad. Like I felt sorry for her because it, it's her first win, and it had to be like that. It's just. It's know. wrong. No, it's wrong. No, I agree. I agree completely. I, mean, I think that's what a lot of people objected to. And of course, then when if you do raise your voice or ra- raise an objection to Serena, straight away you're going to get jumped on. Now, okay. Of course, last week uh, Peter he uh, he previewed all the games or most uh, most interesting games are coming up in the UEFA Nations League. Um, so some quite interesting results in that. Of course, Iceland their bubble seems to have worse because they went down six nil to Switzerland and of course three nil to Belgium as well. France drew nil nil with Germany. Of course, that was a you know it was one that Eric Sofis had said it was going to be an interesting game. Uh, it was so so. It was a bit boring, of course. Uh, Portugal they beat Italy one nil. Spain hammered World Cup finalists Croatia six nil, and then had also beaten England two one as well. So England's bubble bursting just a little bit. In that it was in League A of the national the Nations League for UEFA. In League B, Turkey. They went down 2-1 to Russia. A very good result for Russia. We'll speak with that with uh, Alexander Zatov in the next segment. Uh, Turkey then went and beat Sweden away 3-2. Bosnia, they beat both Northern Ireland and Austria to top their group. Wales beat Ireland 4-1. Not a good night for Ireland. And lots of questions to be raised. We'll have a chat with Peter Sontem about that just in a moment. And um, Denmark, they went and beat Wales 2-0. Denmark, of course, were enmeshed or enmeshed in a scandal uh, where their players were refusing to play. Of course, uh, we discussed that with Eric as well. Uh, Scotland beat Albania 2-0 good old Scotland um, Montenegro uh, and Serbia topped their group in League C both with 4 points Finland beat both Hungary and Estonia to start their campaign with 6 points uh, Georgia they beat Kazakhstan and Latvia that's in of course League D Luxembourg Luxembourg uh, now a surprisingly strong football nation of course we'll come at that in a moment they beat Moldova and San Marino to top their group uh, scored 6 points and a good uh, a good start for Belarusia for a change because they beat San Marino and they drew with Moldova. Armenia, they beat Liechtenstein to start off their one. Of course, on uh, then well then we had Russia beating the Czech Republic five one. What do you think that Peter? I mean that was a that was a pretty strong result. 
it, it was it, it was unexpected but yeah I mean we, we did like Eric did say that like you know Russia would do well it was going to be a good game but like you know 5-1 five, 3-0 five, up at half time down in the Rostov Arena in front of almost 40,000 people so a great start to the um, to, to, to the campaign for Russia of course uh, topping their group and of course uh, getting that good win in the uh, in their friendly so uh, quickly quickly ahead to next week because we're going to discuss this with Peter Staunton in just one moment on Tuesday next week the biggest game, so well, I guess the big, big game to kick off the Champions League for us at 10 p.m. Moscow time: Liverpool against PSG. That's going to be a big one, and of course Galatasaray. They're playing Lokomotiv in Turkey, also at 10 o'clock. Now, Siska, they will have uh, well, they and their fans will have a chance to take some uh, well Pilsner over in Czech Republic. They're kicking off, of course, on Wednesday night when we're on where we're going off air. They'll be just going onto the field, and of course Real Madrid and Roma also in that group. That's a huge match there that on the Wednesday night. On Thursday, the Red Bull teams are going to play each other. That's Leipzig against Salzburg. Celtic, they're going to be playing Russellburg. So that's all in uh, the one group. Copenhagen, they are hosting Zenit. And uh, Dinamo Zagreb, that's going to be good on Dinamo Zagreb at home to Fenerbahce. F91, Dudelange, the uh, Luxembourg, the first ever Luxembourg team to qualify for knockout stages of any European competition. They are hosting at the Jose Bartel Stadium in Luxembourg City. They're playing AC Milan. Rapid Vienna, they are playing Spartak, of course. Villarreal have Rangers, that's of course in the same group. Marseille play Eintracht Frankfurt behind closed doors because of, well, some issues around the... Uh, the Marseille team and ach, Sarsport are playing Krasnodar. That's kicking off at 8 o'clock, uh, 7.55 next Thursday evening. Okay, that quiz question, how you can get two tickets to this weekend or this Friday night's game between Lokomotiv and Dinamo. Well, 7.95, The question is this. Which team have not won a UEFA Cup? Is it A, Siska Moscow, or B, Spartak Moscow? So, which team have not won a UEFA Cup? Is it A, Siska Moscow, or B, Spartak Moscow? Get your answers into us on plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. We're going straight away, all the way to Leeds in England, to the man of the moment, Mr. Gold.com, Peter Staunton. How are you doing, Peter? Hey, Alan, how are you? Great, listen, great to hear your voice. And you know what? I, I only today I was looking back on um, RT's coverage of the World Cup this over, and you there with Stan Collymore up on top of a big, big, big high building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I miss Moscow every day. I, I had such a good time there this summer. You know, when I'm ever seeing it in the back backdrop of the news program, I'm always thinking, oh, I wish I was back there. I, I'll definitely get back. Hopefully in the next uh, next year or so, and maybe take the family with me next time and have a bit more of a family holiday rather than a working holiday. I mean, because you really like. Not only did you immerse yourself in everything here, but I mean, you really the, your your reports going back. You know, you looked at the positive, negative, and you really just I don't know, just you got the most out of your whole trip. I would say I definitely got the most out of my whole trip, and the problem is sometimes when you're covering football tournaments is you know you go from the airport to the hotel to the ground and then you fly out again but to be able to be on the ground somewhere for a month solid and and talk to people and just get to know a place you know it's just a, it's a wonderful opportunity and moscow for me is it's one of the best cities in the world and you know like i say i can't wait to get back that is not that, that that's terrific to hear and of course what you say in put, what, this one great strength, uh, one of the great strengths that you have, Peter, is that what you say in public like this on, on, on air, you also say in private as well to me. So, I, I, it's, folks, he is 100% <laughs> legit. Listen, uh, before we go any further, a couple of quick questions for you. Uh, Dublin, deserving winners of the All-Ireland? 
Well, they're still the most money, aren't they? So they're obviously oh. going to win it. National order things. More money and more people than any other county in the country. So, of course, they're going to win it. Okay, okay. Moving quickly on. Uh, Serena Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I won't even I won't argue with you about that. So, listen, what about Serena Williams? I mean, is, is it a storm in a teacup or is it, you know, something more than that? You know what came to my mind this week was Zinedine Zidane in the 2006 World Cup final, where you're looking at him doing something so idiotic and ill-informed, and when the red mist comes down, you're thinking, can he not just extract himself from that moment and concentrate on the task at hand? There's so many parallels to the Serena incident uh, for me in this. You know, you've got a veteran player, somebody who's won it all before, who just seems to can't escape the rage in the moment and just concentrate back on the game. And, and I guess that's the sort of intensity that makes these people great in the first place. And if you, you, know, if you take that away from them, then it's hard to know what kind of athlete or what kind of competitor you, you'd have left. And I suppose for lay people like myself and yourself, we'll never understand what a mentality is uh, to get to that very, very, very top level. So, you know, I, I'd be, I wouldn't be so inclined to criticise Serena too much because obviously she just won about what, another 24 or 25 slams but I think her behaviour in the moment is inexcusable I think when the uh, in the calm light of day she'll recognise that herself I, I, all I hope is that from an official perspective with the WTA and all the other tennis bodies I hope they rally round uh, uh, the uh, the umpire in the end and, and come to their senses and, and make sure that they understand that he was just trying to implement the rules I mean that's the point, Peter. I mean, it's like you, know, you, you, you made a very, very valid point. I mean, again, I would look and say that Serena, you know, in many ways, I mean, we just had a, a message in, just like a question, say, like, you know, if Serena is so ill because she, she takes a lot of medication, should she not retire? Should she, like, you know, step back? And I'm looking at her, and I've and I've tweeted this. You know, this, Peter, I've tweeted this that, that, you know, this is a young woman who's a young mother. And she should be looking after her health. And to hell with the people, like to hell with money, because realistically, you know, the WTA won't care. I mean, like they'll, they'll turn on her as quick as anything else. I mean, they, like they turned on the umpire when they, you know, like you said, they should be kind of trying to balance it out and say, look, okay, there's fault on whatever side, but we're, we're trying to get the best out of it. But I don't know, is it time maybe for her to, to step back and reassess, like if she wants to keep playing or not? Well, I don't think I don't think there's fault on both sides. I think it's entirely Serena's fault uh, in the moment, and and I think it's just the goodwill that she's built up with her supporters over the year that are carrying some of the the more illogical arguments a little bit further down the line, the racism and sexism and so on. Look, Serena, she's she's quite clearly in a very privileged position uh, when it comes uh, to the tennis world, and we saw that when she phoned up the, the head of. Uh, the WTA was it when she asked them, that, uh, you know, to sort of reduce the number of tests that she would undergo in a year if that was possible. We see that the position that she's in when she's telling the umpire, "You will never umpire one of my matches again." Yeah. And you know, if if maybe if, maybe if we didn't hear that in the moment, then maybe that might have transpired. Maybe the WTA might have said, "Okay, you're not going to umpire anymore." We don't know. Look, she's 36 now. I think she's going to go on as long as she feels she can she can win these tournaments, but. You know, maybe with Nomi Osaka, there, there is a generation of players coming up now who, who don't look at her uh, as, as the invincible goddess that she has been over the last 10 years or so. But I think she'll go out on her own terms. Uh, I, I don't think that she'll, she'll go out in a, in a, in a disgrace like, like Satan did. Well, listen, um, <laughs> we brought you on to talk about football, but you've actually made such brilliant, brilliant, relevant points about this. I massively appreciate it. It's very, very good. Getting on to football, which you wanted. Uh, first of all, is it the end of the line for Martin and Roy, especially after that uh, Stephen Ward leaked, um, let's say, uh, information? 
I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be the end of them. Uh, I would fully expect them to be in place uh, for the next set of internationals, uh, no matter what happens. Um, you know, I read an interesting piece yesterday, I think it was with Luke Edwards in The Telegraph, who said that, you know, uh, Martin O'Neill doesn't work with Roy Keane despite his personality flaws. He, he works with him because of those personality <laughs> flaws. So anything that was reflected in the conversations between Keane and the players is something you would imagine that had been discussed in private between O'Neill and Keane. And then the vent comes off when Roy Keane is talking to the players. Do I think it's a way of dealing with, with, with players in the game? Nowadays, absolutely, definitely not. I think these two hark on about, about about working with Brian Clough so often that they think that that's actually how he can still treat players. But, you know, the power has totally shifted, uh, you know, to players these days. And if Harry Arthur is going to turn up, you know, every couple of months and get abused like that, like Roy Keane, well, the easy thing for Harry Arthur to do is say, hey, you know what, I'm not going to play for you. Assume those rows and then we could be looking at trouble because you can only go so long alienating the players, especially when you're alienating those Premier League players of which we have precious few. Yeah. Uh, listen, that's, that's the point, because I, I read um, uh, or heard a piece with uh, uh, John Giles, of course, the, the Leeds great and Ireland great as well, and he said that, you know, that, you know, players you know, should be given time to, to rest unless they're kidding, if they're, if, if they're gamming on or kidding on. So it's like, okay, but it's either yes or no. Like, guys, you have to trust them that they're injured or you don't trust them that you're injured. And this seems to have been the point that a player says, I'm injured, and Keane comes in and gives him a... Well, uh, I was going to say a bollocking, but I can't say that on air, but he could give him like kind of a bit of a roust up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, sorry, I just realised that. Uh, he gave him a, a, a rollicking, shall we say. Um, I mean... Like you said, you have it, it's more kid gloves now with these players. You have to mollycoddle them a bit more because when you and I were playing, and I played uh, before you would have played. I mean, you know, coaches didn't really stand on ceremony, even if you got a bit of a belt. Especially in the well, you know, that's back in the day. But in the international game these days, you know, talk to any of the international managers or the players in the setup. The key is is team spirit, it's harmony in the camp. You only see these players for three and four days at a time every couple of months. And if they're, you know, sort of fretful about the time they're going to spend with you and camp, they just won't come. You know, the best thing you can do for your players is to make sure that they're happy, content, you know, they've got access to everything they need, and they come and enjoy playing for the national team. Look at France, for example, the way that those fellas were singing and dancing uh, in the Stade de France the other night after the friendly against, against the Netherlands. It's clear that they uh, enjoy playing for the country. And you can look around at, at, at any of the other top international teams, England, Belgium. They like going to the team now. And if you're a bad team, you know, I think the very minimum you should be able to guarantee your players is that little bit of team spirit that, you know, come here, escape the pressures of your club and we'll get a result together and we'll all have a good time. That's, listen, that's a great point to make, actually. It is kind of that like pressure valve going to play for your national team, which always seems to be the case with the Irish team in the past, where, uh, you know, with Jack Charlton, they'd listen to like rebel songs on the way to the stadium. And it was like, yeah. it wasn't a drinking club, but you and I grew up with this, that they actually came and performed for the team instead of playing through fear. Definitely. Uh, we've never had, you would say, three or four of the best players in the world on our team at any one time. You know, we had good, good level Premier League players, and going back to Jack's day, you know, good level first division players, but ability only took them so far. And then I think it became not a siege mentality like O'Neill has instilled, but more more a collective identity that you know we're here representing the nation of Ireland, not just the island, but the the diaspora as well. You know, guys who've grown up in Scotland and England, but who all 
rally around the cause and and and, and realise that that they're here representing more than more than a football team. And I, I think that's a little bit gone out of the team at the moment. You know, and you look at the casual fan, for example. Why would they go to to Lansdowne Road or the Aviva as it's called now and support that? I mean, would you get guys uh, and and ladies driving up the country two or three hours paying forty fifty quid? each uh, on a Tuesday night to watch that you're not going to do it they're going to no. wait and go to the rugby instead because they know we can beat a world class team in that you know so exactly. I, I just worry that with the, the level of the performance and, and the state of the team at the moment they're really knocking the fun out of it for everybody No this is a good, very good point it's not bandwagoning it's just basically that people are not enjoying what they're watching because the players are not enjoying what they're doing um, Peter finally before we let you go because we're just going to go out to break uh, John Terry to Spartak will it be a done deal or is he going to stay in the Midlands He's staying in England. He's just put out a statement on Instagram in the last couple of hours saying that he, uh, stating that he's, he's thankful to Spartak for their offer, but at the moment, it doesn't appear to be the right move for himself and his family, which suggests that he was considering moving bag and baggage to hold out his wife, two kids, and moving to Moscow. Uh, but, you know, the Terry family's decided against it for now. And we do know that Spartak put together a good offer for Terry, especially for a player of his age. But um, I'm not sure if he's got anything to to offer, um, you know, sort of a European level team at this stage of his career. And I think he'd be he'd be safer in the championship. That's great. Listen, thank you very, very much, Peter. Uh, thanks for that breaking news, of course. And uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Have a great evening. Thank you again. My pleasure, Alan. Thank you. So that was Peter Staunton of Goal.com. Okay, we've been shortchanged by John Terry. So let's go out to the break with the heavy and shortchange hero. Capital Sports. With Alan Moore.
Little Stand Up with Steve Foreman. Ah, here we go. You know, I don't think I have a lot of people that hate me, but I think I have a long list of people who moderately dislike me. You can really taste the Soviet Union in a larder. You know, there's like a... Well, you can smell petrol. That's the main thing. That's the main thing you notice, to be honest. And actually, the, the larder doesn't start just by turning the key. You also have to sort of go... Like, there's, like, there's like an element of that. Like, you know. Oh, British people. We gave you a language. Oh, British people. God's sake, I'd wish you'd use it. Every Thursday at 9pm, Capital Stand Up with Steve Foreman on Capital FM Moscow. Capital Commercial. Studio Umitro. Жилой комплекс Новоград Павлина от группы компаний Mits. Ищите нас по запросу Новоград Павлина и звоните 495-106-0102. ООО Mits Инвестстрой. Проектная декларация на сайте www.novogradpavlina.ru With Alan Moore. Welcome. Folks, this is Capital Sports, and again, I did the exact same thing. I started to speak as soon as that music came on because normally, normally, when we're in the stadium, I'm actually commentating, so I actually am speaking over the, that uh, well, background music. Of course, the football march by uh, I think it's Evgeny or Matvey Blat. Matvey Blat. Okay, folks, that question again. Okay, it's on plus seven ninety five one 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 zero five three. Which team? Have not won a UEFA Cup. Is it A, Cisco Moscow, or B, Spartak Moscow? Okay, so get your answers coming in because we're going to give away that prize, of course. Two tickets to this Friday night's game between Lokomotiv and Dinamo. Thanks very, very much, of course, to Ivan Korsh, who made sure, Ivan Korsh, say, who made sure that that happened. Okay, we're going to have Alexander Zatov on in just a moment. Uh, before we do, I do have a question in from Anya. Anya has asked, after all these previous attempts from Dinamo to try and beat Lokomotiv, do Dinamo have a chance to, uh, to 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 win this Friday night? Well, of course, um, let's just put it this way. Uh, Andy Mack, he said that no. He said it's going to be a win for Lokomotiv. Um, I'm kind of siding on that. What do you reckon, Peter? Will it be a Lokomotiv win? I, th- I think Loco will take this, honestly. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so listen, we're going we're gonna to ask the same question right away, right away, to uh, a great friend of the show. And, of course, he is the CEO of the All-Russian Football Players Union and a member of the Executive Board of the Russian Football Union, Mr. Alexander Zotov. Welcome, sir. Uh, hi, how are you? Very, very good indeed. Great to hear your voice. Well, I, I heard your voice yesterday, I think it was, on a voice message, but now I'm speaking to you live. <laughs> yeah, I heard you too. <laughs> exactly. The only time I can get to speak live is on the radio, Alexander. That's what it seems to me. What? We only get to speak live when it's on the radio, otherwise we're sending voice messages. Yeah, otherwise, otherwise we chat through some devices that, you know, <laughs> replace normal normal people relationship yeah. <laughs> okay let's move quickly <laughs> on from that okay straight away straight away this uh, this Friday night of course um, it is Lokomotiv and Dinamo what do you reckon will it be a home win a draw or an away win every time you, you ask me to, to name results of the games I really wish I wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> I know, you know it's- 
You can. Yeah, I, I, I skipped this one. Okay, well, I'll let you away with that. Okay, P- Peter. Peter's going to give a quick rundown. I wish on... well to both teams. There, there you go. There you go. And you're a further referee to have a good game as well. That's that's an important yeah. thing. P- Peter's going to give us a rundown of the games. Just tell us which ones our listeners should tune into. Okay, Peter, fire away. Okay, of course, on Friday we have Loco and Dynamo at 7.30. Uh, on Saturday we have uh, CSKA and UFA uh, at 4.30. You should definitely check it out. Then uh, on su- Sunday, uh, I think Spartak and Ahmad would be a really good game at 7. And what do you, what you reckon, uh, Alexander? Which of those uh, Moscow teams would you prefer to watch? Would it be Siska or Spartak? I'd, I'd, I'd watch both. I mean, uh, the beginning of the season and it's uh, every game is very important well every game in the season is important but but a home home game you know and and uh, Spartak after promise going away and Seska with all these young guys uh, on the squad and new signings I mean I would enjoy watching both games and listen I mean a lot of listeners might not have been to a stadium for a long time or have never been to a stadium how good is it to go and watch um, a Premier League match live you know I can tell you I'm I'm having so much fun I just came back from Rostov Uh, I would recommend anybody just to grab tickets and to go to any new stadium around Russia uh, to a Premier League game or a first division game you know whatever game and enjoy the stadium because they're new they're really fantastic and I, I it was my first time uh, on the Rostov's new arena arena and it was fantastic I mean uh, I, w- I would recommend going to any game because it, the atmosphere has changed a lot, and a lot of people come, and and really, it's 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 fun to go. Listen on on that game, of course, uh, uh, the other night um, with the Czech Republic was you know did did, did the final scoreline did it flatter Russia? Did it deceive us a little bit too much that they won five one? Um, you know, are, are Russia that much better than the Czech Republic? Well, I mean, uh, it wasn't the best. I understand the the, the 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 best squad of, of Czech Republic. There, there were some players missing also in the Russian squad, and also the member of our players uh, union council, uh, Tom Zuba, the, the, the main guy of the team now. But uh, I think Czech Republic is not is not on top now. I last year they were performing well in the I mean the year before in the qualifications, and uh, but now I I mean. I, I don't think it was the, their top squad. So, so some. It's like yesterday, Spain against Croatia. You know, they played. It was they played ten out of uh, one out of ten games would end like this, but other games would end with a different score. So, I, I mean, it, you cannot judge by this result oh. uh, the strength of Russian team or the Czech team. Okay, but at least at least you know, the, the win against Turkey has given uh, Russia hope of making the playoffs. Um, do you think that yeah. this is a, a, a new you know a new step for Russia? Have they have they moved on from say you know when we were fearful going to the World Cup? One thing that's really changed is the mood, and I was uh, an advocate for this mood change for a long time. I mean, uh, you don't like people glowing. You told me it's a bad bad thing to say. But, uh, you know, they, I, I think this charisma and this passion that they developed and, this, you know, this winning atmosphere and this winning uh, uh, you know, strive that they have, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, it's 
something that changed the team. And maybe we're not the best in the world, but we're really fighting, and it, it, this fighting it makes a big difference. Okay. Well, that, I mean, again, it's important that we were speaking with Peter yeah, Stolten in the last important. break. It's the main thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, this, app, this, this, this uh, like joy to go play for a team. Of course, as you said, Archon Juba, who is one of your central members in the in the footballers' union. Yeah. He yeah. he drives that. Listen, Peter's going to run down the English Premier League. So I just want to get your opinion on a couple of these games as well. Okay, fire away, Peter. Okay. All right. On Saturday, fifteenth, we have Spurs versus Liverpool at two thirty. Then on at, at five, we have Bournemouth and Leicester. Chelsea and Cardiff and uh, Huddersfield and Crystal Palace. So what you, what you reckon with that uh, Spurs and Liverpool game, Alexander? Uh, I don't know, but Tottenham is is really is really good this season. I think I think that they will win. That, that, okay, that's interesting because I mean we were we were looking at like your know, both teams to score with Andy McLean. So you reckon that it's going to be a, a home win? I think they win. I, I, maybe both teams will score. It's going to be two to one or something like that. Good one. Good one. Okay. So backed up. Okay. Good. Okay. Peter. I, uh, Man City uh, and Fulham uh, at five again. Newcastle and Arsenal at, uh, again at five. Uh, then we have Man United at, at, uh, at versus Waterford at seven thirty. Then on Sunday sixteenth we have uh, uh, Wolves versus Burnley at uh, three thirty. What about then, that 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 Wolves Burnley game? Wolves Burnley because I mean Wolves have spent a lot of money uh, to bring people in. So what you reckon? You ask me. <laughs> yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah. So I mean, is 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 money is is money okay. going to be the? the I'm big against. Thing? I'm against big money. So I'm going <laughs> to go for the other team. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Okay, listen. Um, be, before we let you go away, I'm going to I'm going to ask you one one quick thing. Okay, one quick thing. Okay. How is the state of finance in Russian football right now? I mean, do we have an, any um, real problem clubs right now? Um. <laughs> okay, no, I'm, I'm taking this situation actually seriously. Um, I mean, we have a lot of problems, and it it doesn't it doesn't get any better. Um, but a lot of clubs are learning to live in the new reality. So, so I mean, we're fighting. Okay. And listen, that, that we 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 learned, and we just had a question in. I don't know who said a question about uh, about John Terry's transfer. Who was Andy. it? Uh, Andy. Andre. Andre. Andre asks us about John Terry's um, transfer to Spartak, which we've just found out, uh, thanks to Peter Salton, that it's not going to happen. He's going to stay in England. Is there? This is something we discussed about, you know, um, getting some big players into Russia. Is it worthwhile going kind of the MLS route a little bit and getting, like, say, a marquee player, Alexander? Yeah, I would. I would, I would love. John Terry to come, and I would love to see a couple of or, or several players of this of this caliber come into our Premier League. It would have been fantastic. Uh, would you think that it would make people outside of Russia take more interest in the Russian Premier League? Sure, both ways. I mean, uh, uh, also inside Russia and, and outside, of course. It's it's club wise really good, and and the, for the league, it's also very good. Perfect. No, that's what I was thinking. Listen, before we let you go, um, good start to the season. 24-6 win for the Redskins last weekend over the, the Cardinals. This week, um, they should make it 2-0 and because they're playing a team who lost their first game uh, last week, of course. Will the Redskins get past the Colts? And do you think it's time for like the, uh, the Washington Redskins nation to finally you know, go through the playoffs and maybe win a Super Bowl? Well, if... If if it works out with the new quarterback, well, I mean, we we 
we have a chance, I think. Let's see. I, I'm, I have high hopes. Okay, that, so you, you reckon that Smith, he, he is like the, the answer to your dreams? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if, he, if he brings the team to the Super Bowl, then, then he does. Uh, he will. <laughs> That's good. And listen, also, Adrian Peterson as well, putting up the numbers and running back. So, okay. fingers crossed this weekend. Alexander, listen, thank you very, very much. Thank Have you. a great evening. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Alexander Zotov, the CEO of the All-Russian Football Players Union and, of course, a member of the Executive Committee of the Russian Football Union. Okay, we're going to go out now in just a moment. Yulia's taking a picture of me, hopefully not for Instagram because I look terrible. Um, that quiz question, of course, was which team have not won a UEFA Cup? Is it A, Siska Moscow or B, Spartak Moscow? Nikki Stay, what's the answer? Uh, it is Spartak has never won. Spartak have never. They have won some things, but they have never won the UEFA <laughs> Cup. That's um, what I meant. Exactly. So the winner is Dimitri Markin. Dimitri, you'll be joining us on Friday night at the Lokomotiv and Dinamo match. And Yulia continues to take photos yeah. of me. So uh, <laughs> it's like it's all going up on air. Uh, we're we're rolling out now to um, well our final song of the evening. But before we do. Um, a couple of quick things next week of course in association with uh, Capital FM Champ Talks is taking place we will be doing it with Spartak Moscow Hockey Club of all people with Yulis Hubacek the uh, Slovak keeper who of course has is a silver medalist in the World Championships for Slovakia and an absolutely fascinating character so that's at 7 o'clock at the Centre Tolerance um, next week you can check it out we'll be tweeting about that on Capital, uh, Capital FM of course um the next couple of days so Peter you are ready for a big weekend of football as well you're ready for Friday night I, I certainly am I'm, I'll be tuning into all the games great and Nikki you'll be with me in the stadium on yes Friday I night. will okay Nikki's giving up her Friday night date just to come out to watch football <laughs> yeah with a friend with a fr- okay we, we, we will leave that just there okay so folks Thank you very much for listening. It's been an absolute great show. We've had some three great guests on. We've done a lot here today. So uh, we're going to let you enjoy this lovely Moscow evening with a song I think that speaks for all of us and speaks of all of us here working in the studio here tonight from Nikki Stay, from Julia, from Peter and myself. We, of course, are just like Alesso. We are heroes. Talk to you next week. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Москва – это моя станция. Это моя станция. Я вас очень люблю. 